Yeah, my album. Yeah. But real, real quick, and I'm not going to belabor the point because again, we want people to understand we respect your time and those who are here know me. So I'm not in the best of moods because today we buried uh, Provost Monica Weaver. Yeah. And it is an emotional drain when you speak at funerals and you have to say or watch people transition. You know, she left a 13-year-old daughter here behind and an entire city now has a void. But my first point is, in Trenton, we've had a historical way of destroying leadership. So with Monica transitioning on, the greatest fear now is who takes her place. And see, that, that's become the problem here. We're not preparing the next person up. And because of the historical nepotism that keeps the same people, families, and organizations in play, great talent doesn't have an opportunity to surface. And you keep getting a regurgitation of the same old demented, dysfunctional mindset that keeps a small amount of people flourishing and the mass population struggling. And because the people who we are for in this campaign have not empowered themselves to understand that this process is every second you breathe and not just election cycles, then you fall into a place where you are often powerless. But you're that way because the greatest way to think you don't have any power is to actually think that thought. Mm -hmm. So my first point is moving in a direction where we understand our role and responsibility, not just in this campaign, but in life in general. This campaign at some point will cease to exist because the election will take place. But our work has to carry on. The barometer you need to be looking at or examining is, where were all of these people who are now asking for your support last year or the year before? You cannot keep allowing people to jump in front of you and just you know, posture as if they have concern about your well-being. Again, they're putting different stories every day in the paper, but nobody is concerned that the babies from Kilmer Middle School walked past a dead body this week. So when the amazing Dr. Ebony talks about the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the, 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 the sadness that overwhelms our, our communities and our children, when you wonder why they're so defiant, a lot of that is just pain. Yeah. Because they, they're wondering when are the adults in the room going to care about this. And this has been going on in the last three weeks alone. You had, again, a young man be murdered or shot up and ki almost killed right at Walnut Avenue. And then a week before that, the, uh, Mr. Delgado was just uh, taped up and killed. And again, nothing said, but you want to keep writing stories about nonsense. So where are your priorities? So first and foremost, we need a mayor who's understanding of the people, their plight, their pain, and their position. We've been doing that work. We've been addressing those issues. We've been identified with where we need to be. We need to be wherever they are. And as mayor, when shootings occur, when murders occur, you won't have to look for me. We need to have a press conference right where these are this is transpiring. We need to acknowledge that something bad happened. And then we need to challenge the community to understand that they have a role and responsibility in policing itself. Most of these shootings are happening in broad daylight, but nobody saw anything until it's their child hit. Uh -oh. Right? Yeah. So again, when I'm talking about responsible behavior, we have to have leadership that illustrates that. Mm. So I spoke last night in front of the unions for, city, for, for, for the city of Trenton. And it was interesting listening to them. 
Most of the people working for the city are dissatisfied. They're very aggravated. And what has happened is the nepotism and cronyism inside of each department has kept people moving in a dysfunctional manner and also not happy to be working there. So as mayor, we're going to itemize each department and find out what we have in each department. Because we shouldn't keep talking about on the way here how many potholes you went around. Yes. How long are we going to keep talking about yeah. that? This is something simple where you have a department director who has the ability to assess, address, and, uh, and take this from start to finish. When we began to deal with being mayor, our, our public works director, who won't be the person who's there now, because as soon as we get elected, he will give us, be told to get all of his stuff. Not some of his stuff, all of his stuff. Right? But here's, here's a perfect example of why this election is so important. The same person who's the public works director now was once the recreational director who was removed, terminated, because he failed to get a grant cycle in on time. So again, why would you, but here's the science of nepotism. Why would you hire a person who was removed for messing up in one department and now you put him in the biggest department? Public works is all of the departments. That's what happens and that's how serious nepotism is, right? So again, we begin to bring in department directors who can assess, address and professionally move each division into an effective, efficient, professional machine where customer service is pristine. That's right. People call down to City Hall now and they're either giving wrong information, nobody talks to them, or the people talk to them like they're trash. As I said last night, when the people call, those are our customers. And if we're not addressing their issues and concerns, at some point they're gonna leave. When they leave, your salary leaves with them. So you have to begin to create a culture inside of City Hall where people are not only learning and progressively growing, but have an opportunity to be promoted. There's nothing worse than working in an area where you've already hit your, your limit. Mm -hmm. People just go through the motions. We want to be able to cultivate training inside of our departments where people can feel that they have an opportunity to not only lead, but be promoted into a position of leadership. Okay? So that's part of how we want to transition City Hall into a place where you're addressing issues. Right now, most of us in here have an anxiety of when we start drinking water around here. Right? Same individual who's in, who's in, who failed in the recreational department is in control of the public works in your ward. So again, when you have leadership that is not putting the right professionals inside of those places, you set yourself up for failure. So City Hall has to become a professional machine where customer service is day one, job one, and the only thing we're concerned about. Everybody working in their department has to have an understanding of who they are. And when we start talking about saving money and putting money aside, Drive around the city tonight and see how many city cars are sitting in front of people's houses. Save some money. You can save money alone by bringing all those cars in, cutting down on some of these millions of dollars worth of gas we're abusing. Deion Clark, if, any, if anybody remembers Deion Clark, he used to always talking about, talk about how many city cars do we have. And it seems like instead of us getting a critique on that and getting a, a rightful account on that, we just keep buying more. And it seems like if you know the right people, you just keep driving them. Right. We're going to make sure City Hall, again, is an accountable, responsible machine that respects the people who are paying their hard-paying tax dollars into the city by making sure they're moving in a responsible manner. If you're not a director who's dealing with life-saving issues, you're not having no car. You might have it when you work, but you're definitely not taking it home. Those are simple things.
And I think when we begin to move our city in a way where people respect it, we will respect ourselves and you'll move from the apathy to a level of pride. Yes. Second area, and I love the elder brother Gene, he's here. We, we need to look at education in a whole different light. And, and when we talk about inner city education, that's a whole different discussion. We look to the mayor to do two simple tasks. Uh, have influence on who the superintendent is, and then select board members. I think the selection of board members is absolutely critical. Brother Gene is an amazing leader. Part of it is because he knows what he's doing, but his other part is his commitment and love to his babies in the community. You need people on the board who are committed to our community because they're the ones shaping the policy which affects how our schools run. You need ambassadors on the board who aren't nodding off, not showing up. He against, what's the first thing he said? He has babies who go to this district, which means he cares about what happens in this district. We should be concerned, and I'm definitely gonna be concerned about the, the effects on structural institutional racism as it pertains to black, brown, and yellow children. Jeez. That's an uncomfortable conversation, but I'm gonna have it on a daily basis, why? It makes the difference between in West Windsor they have books, and inside of us we have printouts. So when you start talking about West Windsor, they have nice schools, and we have rooms where when it gets to be 85 degrees, it's almost 100 degrees temperature. So we have to begin to create an environment as a mayor working with the superintendent to bring resources here. So our educational system can be to a place where our babies can have pride in themselves. We need to put the Amistad Act off the books and implement it into the reality of what's happening. So when they begin to read those books, read that literature, read that history, they can begin to see people who look like them who have affected change on the historical dynamic of this country. If you read and you write and you review and everything doesn't look like you, your self-esteem stays in the basement. If you don't feel good about it, about you, then when I start talking about great, when I start talking about excellence, you're looking around for who I'm talking to. No, I'm talking to you. And as a mayor and talking to Dr. Page, one of the things he did that made people uncomfortable, he traveled to HBCUs and recruited teachers. You need teachers who look like these babies. That is so important. Not because we're trying to make it a black and white reality or we're anti-white, but I would dare you to go into affluent school districts and look at the teachers who are there. We They can come teach in our community, but we're not teaching out there. That's just a reality. It's just an uncomfortable conversation because it makes people look at the moral dynamic of what Dr. King was talking about and why we can't wait. See? And if you talk about that era then, our schools are actually more segregated now than they were back then. The only thing you done if you've taken down the colored only sign. Yeah. I'm just being real because me being mayor, I don't know how to be politically correct. I don't do all of that. I do what I know to be right, righteous, and just, and I'm moving forward in a way where we can affect policy change that impacts people's lives. So with the new high school, we should be having community forums on small learning communities right now. We should be talking about the dynamic of what that consists of. We should be empowering parents in community forums right now. Again, like I told the other brother Gene, this community is responsible for not making the McDonald's, which is next to the high school, right. a problem. That's going to be a problem. Okay? That's going to be a problem. And if we're not policing our young people, 
right? Before they get to school, then all day long that daily distraction is going to master them and they're going to be external instead of being internal. And that's not a securities job. That is a parent and community job. But we're saying to them, when you enter that school, you need to be focused on being your best self, educating yourself. They're also bringing back the skill, vocation, and trade programs. We need to be having community forums about that. Why? We need to start early on putting ourselves into a position with corporations in this area to do internships. Construction happens in Trenton, but we don't have a viable workforce that's prepared to work and do it. So if we're not teaching, training, and moving the population forward, then we're leaving them behind. And when we leave them behind, we set them up for death. That's the reality. Our school system has to be the fundamental foundation of our future. If our schools fail, our communities fail. If our communities fail, our cities fail. When we start talking about economic development, right, this city has had a blueprint for failure. Think about it. Most of the investment in this city, and I'm not going to make your brother Tracy get up and give a testimony because he's about ready to start cursing. But, and the reality of it is, if you think about the major projects here, whether it is the hotel, the ballpark, the arena, the twin towers that were taken down, and right now there's a $150 million school That's being right. built. Huh. How many trend contractors do you see on that job? That's right. And I'm not just talking about the physical labor. See, because what has happened to us, we've relegated ourselves to being minor. Uh-oh. All we want to do is have union jobs. Uh-oh. But part of the HUD training is dealing with accounting, That's engineering, right. blueprints. Jeez. All of these things our babies can do. Our pe- right. People who live Jeez. in this city can do. But if we're not training them up and preparing them for the opportunities, then when the, the, the work comes down the pipe, we don't play a part in it. Think about the old courthouse that's being renovated now. Drive by there tomorrow. Do you have any trend contractors? No. Right down the block is the new courthouse they built. They built that in less than two years. We're just getting the new high school. Where are your priorities? But see, I'm not knocking elected officials because we know what they didn't do. I'm saying to the people in this room, why haven't we held them accountable to do their job? Yeah. Okay, Because if you're putting a priority on that and I'm allowing you to do it, then I'm, I'm, I'm just as culpable as you are. Okay? So when we start talking about economic development, we have to begin to hold people responsible. And then the second part, yes, people keep talking about the Band- Abandoned Properties Rehabilitation Act and how we need to bring these houses back online. But nobody had a workshop like we already did. We're not in, we're not in office. We're not online. We, we didn't get paid to do that. But we were teaching people the process of how to do that, how to understand what is already online, what knowledge is readily available, what, what, workfo- what workforce development looks like. We also were able to empower people to be able to go and teach themselves how to do that, how to go on, down to City Hall and participate in the auction, how local contracts can be a part of that. Why? You want to build up the workforce so communities can get together, whether it be in their own selves or together with other collective groups, and be able to rebuild their own community. How powerful would that be for people to live in the community and start to renovate those houses themselves? That's really what Jay-Z was talking about in his rhyme, but people miss that. Okay? You, you want to fight, you want to kill on communities you don't even own. Moving from being a renter to an owner is not just a mindset, it's a tangible reality that has to occur. You think differently when you're an owner. So when we start dealing with economic development in this city, it has to be fundamentally built on the people who are here. And if the people who are here aren't prepared for the next step, then what happens? Last but not least, when we start talking about education, when we talk about economic empowerment, 
that will transition the public safety issue right there. Yes, go to look, go and look at affluent communities. They do not have the crime problem because when you educate people and empower them to feel differently, move differently, and they're able to take care of themselves, then the dilemma, which nobody else wants to talk about, which is concentrated poverty, is no longer a problem, so you're not inclined to kill up and tear up everything. That's, right. That's just the reality. But when we do talk about policing, we can't have a police director talking about hood rats. We can't have a police director who uses that kind of racial terminology and we become comfortable with it and then don't do anything. We can't have a police director who hasn't done anything in terms of tactical strategy on how to work with and produce community policing. We don't have that. Community policing is what Officer Munn, Officer Booker do. When they work in the community, where they mentor and teach and, and, and coach on the squads, where they're a vibrant part of this community. I mean, both of them at one time worked in in the schools. So who do you want better when you have black, brown, and ch yellow children whose only interaction with police are the videos they see on TV and the ones in their community who tell them to shut up and get off the block? So how do you want them to ever think about becoming police officers when the only officers they interact and deal with treat them like trash? You need officers who are from here. You need officers who live here. You need officers who are not here. And for me, that's all ethnicities. There are some amazing officers on the force, period. But there are also some officers who don't do anything for this city. And the top two lines of our budget are police and fire. Uh -huh. So at some point, the community needs to also investigate when are we going to change the policy so firemen can live here. I have no one has yet to historically tell me why firemen don't need to live here. I got a problem with that. No one is walking around tomorrow. Man, I'm really hurt that fire. I'm really hurt. So I can understand. That. Now, I'm saying that because I can understand with Officer Munn and what he deals with as an officer. But a fireman, if you're part of that, that budget line that takes most of the resources out of the city, you should be living here as well. Because when you make that salary, you should be investing it back into the community and the city you live in. And I think when we begin to change the dynamic of having a police director, who creates a culture where we see each other as not adversarial, yes, right. but as complementary to both of us policing and securing, protecting and serving, not only the city, but the communities we live in. And again, we have to charge ourselves with that responsibility. I was speaking at Gregory School, and minutes later, before, before they, they got out, they had a shooting right at the liquor store. Mm -hmm. So what happens if the baby's going home and that happens? Yeah. See, and, and this is the traumatization of a generation of children who you keep wondering why they act the way they do. Yes, sir. That's part of, part of our public safety issue is we have not addressed our mental health issue. Yes. And if you're not dealing with our mental health issue, and I'm talking about the adults too, yes. then it becomes generational pain that keeps being perpetuated instead of addressed. I think one of the first things we're going to do when we get in office is have at least a six-month tier of just mental health. Because it's going to take time for people to become comfortable with the conversation, right. to become right. educated in what it looks like. Like, there are children who come to school where I teach who are angry every day. You cannot learn when you are always in a different state of mind, or you're bipolar, or you're going through all kinds of issues, or you keep being put on and off medications. There are a plethora of things I can go into tonight about that. That's the heaviest issue. Because again, everyone is enamored with opioids right now. But nobody is talking about the 30-year period where crack cocaine completely destroyed black, brown, and yellow communities. 
And again, there was no resources made available. Right. We were not treated as victims and given rehabilitation. Right. We were convicted right. and locked up. That is part of what you see the generational wealth and the generational poverty inside of America. See, this is how I talk. So I'm not running around looking to be cute, not playing no games, because I've seen the pain of generations being wiped out. And I'm responsible for speaking truth. And I'm not trying to cater to people who think it's okay. That's right. You know, okay. my, my brother right. and I love you, Scrub said it. People have gotten up and said, man, we have amazing communities in West Virginia. Where? Where? Most of those communities you go through, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. You know, so I'm not knocking it. What I am saying is if you, you've conditioned yourself to a condition, you don't know what right looks like anymore. And because you're not traveling through it or your children aren't experiencing it, it's okay for you. So I think it's absolutely critical. When we begin to look at the areas that we need to be dealing with, we need to be looking at it for what they are, one, but then how we're going to work with our elected officials to correct them. That's right. So I think it's absolutely essential this election has to happen. But let me, let me say this, too, as I close, right? We've never in this city really invested in the great history, history of this city, if you think mm -hmm. about it. Whether you're talking about the Battle Monument, I can go on and on about the historical places here. Philadelphia makes millions of dollars off of its history. And I really think when you talk about the Washington Cross and the Barracks, the World War, I can keep going on. When do we invest money into that, right, to market it and draw and bring people here? Right? That is a brand. Now, we do, we do isolated incidents when we do the Washington Cross and we do the military, we do the barracks. But I'm saying a year-round investment with somebody who's done that, right, to bring it to a level where we bring it up to speed and now people are looking to come here. So you want people to come here and look here. After they look here, you want them to live here. But if we're never bringing them here, how does that ever occur? So I just think there's a different vision in the room now. There's a different choice in the room now. You have an opportunity to deal with something different. Here's the landscape, and I'll take my seat. When you look at the local, state, federal elected officials, and county as well, most of them, and go research them all, have been in power for over 15 to 20 years. It is the same people. So the question I'm asking you is, if the same circle of people have brought us to the point of dysfunction and death, how can they now be a part of our revitalization? That's a question. And if it's not that individual, it's an extension of them who's been put in play and empowered. We're not going to have big billboard signs, but to Sprouts Point, to Lungs Point, we're going to be knocking on doors. So the way we're going to win this, and let me, let me say this too. I don't mind when people congratulate me for running, but, but that almost is like a cop-out, yeah. right? Because what happens when you deal with structural institutional racism, you're constantly dealing with oppression, so you only expect the minimum. Yeah. I expect to be great in whatever I do. So when you, when you say to me, hey man, congrats on running, know what I'll say back to him? That's good looking, but are you registered and ready to go? Yes. Yeah. Because if we're not saying to ourselves, we're going to be registered and get to the polls and take people with us, then it won't happen. Also, stop saying you're looking to get in the runoff. You've already fragmented your That's thought right. to a lesser caliber level. I'm not looking to get no damn runoff. I'm looking to win. Straight out. was the Word. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. The Word was with God and the Word was God, but even before the Word, it was the thought. Mm -hmm. If your thought 
is subliminal. If your thought is substandard, then every action will be too. I don't think about you. Yeah, I'm just looking to get that run up. No, I'm looking to start this thing and win it on May. Hey, if we tap into all the people they discount, all the ones who've not shown up, we can physically win this election on May 8th. But you have to be focused So, so when you when you leave out of here, the commitment should be for you. Each day I'm talking to people in my network. Each day I'm knocking on doors on my block. If you just bring your block with you to the polls, you've done your job. But stop acting as if something mysterious is going to come here and move people to the polls. No, it'll be the force. It'll be the idea. It'll be the mobilization of a people organized, galvanized, and demanding the transformation of change right here by being the change themselves. You the energy in the room. So stop talking about potential. Right, which has the ability to do something, talk about being kinetic. Energy in motion that's making it happen. Yo, you registered, let's get it. That's how you need to be moving now if you're serious about winning. But if you're just going to show up and be happy or be a contender or expect others to dominate, then it won't happen. But if we step up to the plate and move people to the pole and explain this platform, and how it's transformational in everything we do. Come on, man, as a mayor, I'm going to be everywhere. Implementing change through the mentality and then the physicality of showing people, oh, look, the standard is excellence. If you ain't come to do that, you're going to be gone. Right. Yeah. Period. That's how you move. When, when we look at, right, and I'll be this last jewel. When we look at Atlanta, right, the scrub and I talked about this a couple times, it became the black mecca and nobody talks about it, but because of Maynard Jackson. Yeah, exactly right. He shut down the airport. He said, unless you're, you're investing inside of the companies who are here and investing in the people who are here, nothing's going to get built. That's right. And that's when you had millionaires there. Now, can you say the same thing when the arena was built? Mm -hmm. The ballpark? Mm -hmm. No, these are opportunities that we missed mm -hmm. because elected. Matter of fact, the arena and the ballpark, we don't even make no revenue off of it. What kind of mayor sits in power yes, and allow that to happen? That's, that was a mayor who sat in play for 20, 20 years. And what we, devi we define now as success is popularity, is popularity, right? And tenure. But I'm saying if you've been somewhere for so long, maybe you don't know what success looks like. Success is putting a plan on the table and moving it forward into fruition. Starting it in Genesis and ended it in Revelations. So to the point where when we started, we can see where we ended at. And in the process, we built greater leaders. See, when I talk and build, it's never going to be about free. It's always going to be about who I'm building to come behind me. Because our goal is to be great in our moments because time is not guaranteed to no one. While I'm here, I'm going to be epic. While I'm here, I'm going to inspire. And while I'm here, I'm going to move people to move to be great. So when you leave here today, the focus is sharing the posts that are being put up. And, and, and let's give Elijah a round of applause. He's not big on that kind of stuff, but he's one of the most amazing yes. black men I've ever yes. met. I have nothing but love and respect for his commitment and conviction to excellence. When the posts go up, we need to share. Mm -hmm. When we're talking in our communities, we need to be clear and concise about what we're doing. You need to be registered. You need to be instructing them where to go. If you're not registering themselves, help them get registered. And then we need to be talking about, listen, we got to have this on May 8th. 
You've got to talk about it like there's no other alternative. We're not trying to get in the runoff. We need to move the streets to win. There are young people here who are registered who have not voted since President Obama ran. That's real. Because locally, they don't see a commitment or a reason to move to the polls. We have to be that reason. And then teach them that this civic reality, and if you doubt it, right, President Obama was in office for eight years, right? I think Trump has been there for a half a second. Look at how he's undo all the policies that were put in play. That's why when people say politics doesn't matter, we need to check them right there. It's politics, which is, which is the process which moves the people towards developing policies that addresses their issues. And if you don't have somebody sitting in that seat to do that, your issues won't be addressed. Civics is the mechanism that moves people to move forward in five areas. Housing, healthcare, economics, uh, social justice, and education. So when you don't have a person sitting in the seat to move those areas for you, that's why the majority of our schools are over 100 years old. That's why when we talk about our infrastructure is small and broken. And that's why when you talk about public safety, we get limited resources. But we have a new governor on State, on state Street now. Right? Yeah. So he's already decided to invest in education. Right. So we need to be having conversations from an aggressive mayor to be saying, what's next? What's next? Because what I found from this governor, he's already got millions. So he's looking to leave a legacy. He wants his name on buildings. So why not make his name be on buildings right here in Trent, where he can begin to rebuild what they said is broken? This campaign, this movement is about dressing people, empowering people, so that after the campaign is over in terms of the election cycle, we get right to the work that we talked about doing. Because think about elections now. We talk real critical. And then when the election's over, we go right back to sleep. Yeah, so our so own true. failure, our own demise is ourselves. So once you find an area you're committed to, you're concerned with, get in that lane and run with it. And then find an elected official, or better yet, become that elected official and run in that area to change and transform communities. I have nothing but supreme confidence in the people in this room to leave out and talk to people into moving the movement. That's what it's about. And if you're not committed to doing that, then we won't win. But if we decide to make it happen, we have in our DNA ancestors who defied the odds, mm -hmm. who simply did whatever they decided to do in spite of the odds. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that's stopping us now is having the sheer willpower to put it in our minds, to put it in our mouths, to put it into the atmosphere, and move it into existence. I leave you with one of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I have an unwavering faith in the human condition. I think once we empower people to see their purpose, they can move forward and do anything. And when we move together doing anything, I think it rebuilds the hope that's been broken. And as Dr. King said, when hope leaves the room, so does life. We gotta bring hope back to our city. So people look forward to doing great things. And the last thing is, in any and all that I do, even when people don't show me love, I pour love back That's into right. it. Right. Yeah. States know that. The reason yeah. why we do that is because, yeah. like my beautiful mother taught me, whenever you bring love in the room, you bring God in the room. Yes. Right. God bless you.